Welcome to Builder Funnel Radio. Here, you'll learn about how to grow your building, remodeling, or contracting business. If you're not growing, you're dying. So we want you to always be in growth mode. Remember, to get notified about new episodes, hit the subscribe button on your podcast player. That way, you won't miss any of our expert guests that we bring on the show. In addition, as a special thank you for being a listener of the podcast, we've got some special bonuses for you. Just go to builderfunnel.com slash podcast. Again, hit that subscribe button to stay in the loop and go to builderfunnel.com slash podcast for your special bonuses. Hey, welcome to Builder Funnel Radio. This is episode 38 with Sean Van Dyke. And in this episode, we talk about his new book, Profit First for Contractors. But more importantly, we dive into the weeds on some of these details. We talk about why profit is so important and how to build the habit of profitability rather than making it an event. And we also talk about the five account system that will ensure that you take a profit first before you start using your expenses. So I think you'll get a lot out of this episode. Again, episode number 38 with Sean Van Dyke. Hey, Sean, glad to have you back on the show today. Hey, Spencer, great to be back, man. This is uh, this is number three, I think, right? Yeah, third tour around the sun. So oh, maybe, maybe we'll get it right on this one. Third time's yeah. a charm. <laughs> we'll give it a whirl. But yeah, we thought it would be be good to bring you back on because you just uh, finished up your first uh, your first book here, right? Uh, Profit first for contractors. So um, maybe tell us a little bit of the the background on that, and and I guess why why did you want to go down that journey? Yeah, it I I've, I think that I kind of came across it when I read Mike McAllister's uh, original Profit First for Contractors, and I tell the story in the book. Um, I was reading Profit First for Contractors while I was on vacation with my family. And I got about halfway through the book and I just turned to my wife and I was like, babe, this is exactly what I teach contractors to do. It's just marketed better and it's packaged a little bit better. But this is essentially how contractors need to break down their numbers. And this is what's going to help them. Um, and I was just got I was just like an evangelist for the book. And after I finished, then I signed up with Mike's uh, organization, Profit First Professionals, just to get certified as a profit profit first professional so I could teach it to my clients. And then in a conversation with my coach, with, uh, with the profit first professionals, we were just talking one day and I was starting to tell him how I teach profit first to contractors. Cause there are some differences there. And I think I mentioned to my coach, I said, you know, Mike just needs to write a version for contractors. I think it would do really well. And my coach said to me, he goes, well, you should write it then. And I was kind of like, can I do that? Is that legal? How does that happen? And uh, then he, he explained, he said, yeah, Mike's partnering up with some folks that want to take profit first to some specific industries. And a couple of months later, there I was on a video call with Mike McAllowitz and we were putting the book deal together and setting some deadlines and got off that, uh, I got off that video conference and I was like, holy crap. I think I got to write a book now. I think I just committed <laughs> to writing a book. And so that's, that's really where it was started was from me just being a huge fan of profit first and, and realizing um, exactly that, that this is what the, the, a lot of contractors need and we could really help them out. And the, the response has just been incredible. I've just been overwhelmed. It's, it's, it's been awesome. Yeah, that's super cool. And you and I were talking a little bit before just how we both read that original profit first. And I mean, the whole premise is kind of, 
flipping, um, you know, your PNL, I guess, on its head a little bit, right? And I guess maybe just talk to us a little bit more about the, the whole concept. Yeah. So what, what it really is, is, and I say this in the book too, and, and for friend, for, for fans of like Dave Ramsey and other cash uh, management and, and debt-free people, and uh, they'll, they'll understand the envelope system. And, and it's kind of like what your grandparents or maybe your great grandparents used to do um, uh, back in the day is that they took whatever cash they had and they split it up into envelopes. And this envelope was for the mortgage and this was for food and this was for, you know, whatever else. And if there wasn't cash in that envelope, then you had to go either get some more money somewhere else by doing something else, or you had to, you had to live life a little bit differently. So it just takes that kind of, that concept and, and, and the way that you get, you, you were saying kind of flips the P and L on its head, you know, it basically takes the, the financial formulas that every CPA and any MBA that knows anything about finances, and it makes just one simple change, but it, it has a profound effect on businesses. And that, that equation that your P and L and everything else is set up on is sales minus expenses equals profit, which means you, you sell something and then you spend some money producing that thing. And if you have anything left over, well, that's your profit. And the profit first method says that's, that's wrong. You're always going to suffer if you're just living off of the leftovers, if you're surviving with your profit, the most important thing off the leftovers. So it takes that equation, sales minus expenses equals profit, flips it a little bit and says sales minus profit first. We take out our profit first, the most important thing. And then what's left over in that envelope or in those bank accounts, that's what you have to run your business off of. If you don't have enough money to run your business off of those expenses on what's left over, you have to change the way you run your business. You don't take it out of your profit because that's the reason that you're in business is to make a profit. And then, um, yeah, so that's the basic concept. And, um, and when contractors realize that, cause we all suck at the financial stuff, uh, and running our business. It's just, that's just not what we've learned. You know, we've learned how to, to build things and, and make things. And the financial stuff has always been a little bit sketchy. And another reason that too, is because the financial accounting part of it is very complicated and it's open to interpretation. So profit first for contractors kind of simplifies that. And, but the difference is where some people still get stuck is that profit first for contractors is a cash management system. It's not your accounting system. You still need the accounting reports, but we've got to be able to interpret those accounting reports to, to understand how we need to manage, manage our cash. So the simplest way to put it is that profit and loss statement, that income that's at the top of your profit and loss statement, total income or total revenue of your profit and loss statement, or your income statement. See, that's the other problem is there's like five different terms for some of these financial things. But that top line, that is 100% of your budget. If you spend more than 100% of your budget during a given period of time, let's say a calendar year, then you're going out of business or you're not making money. And I break it down in the book saying, unfortunately, all of the money that we spend in our construction businesses, that money doesn't always show up on the profit and loss statement. Some of that money is accounted for on the balance sheet. And that's what gives contractors a lot of problems when they take out things like owner's draws and equity and other things. That doesn't show up on their on their profit and loss statement. So they could look at this report, look at the bottom where the net profit shows up and say, oh, there's some money there. And then they go look at their bank account and they say, 
there ain't that much money in the bank <laughs> yeah, account. I don't understand. <laughs> I, I'm broke. I don't have any money to pay myself. I can't pay my bills, but my accountant says that I'm profitable. I don't, I don't get it. And so Private First for Contractors just breaks that down, shows you how to manage your cash. You don't have to understand all of your financial reports. We get into explaining how they work so that you can manage the cash, but that's the CPA's job. That's why we say it's the CPA's job to, to manage, uh, is to, is to manage the numbers, to manage, help you manage the finances, but it's the owner's job to influence the numbers, meaning, hey, we need to operate differently. We need to become more uh, effective or efficient, or we just need to sell more. And when I say sell more, meaning sell at a higher price, that's another problem for contractors is they're just, because they don't understand how the money works, they're just not charging their clients enough uh, to, to make a profit. And we just break, break, breaks all that down uh, in the book. And, and, um, and it's been really exciting to get the responses. I've been getting people telling me that for the first time, they, they know how to look at their business. They understand just the basics of the financial and financials, and it's making a huge difference. So I'm, I'm just so thrilled. Yeah, that's awesome. And um, I, I think kind of the interesting part about it, you kind of described the envelope system and thinking about how people maybe manage their money personally. And I kind of feel like, I don't know, a lot of this stems from probably people aren't good budgeters at home. And, you know, we, as Americans, we have a tendency to overspend and run stuff on credit, or we think, oh, this is how we do it at home. But now I've got this business. So things are different, you know, somehow, or, you know, or we make it more complicated. And, I don't know. Do you think there's any truth there to just, you know, the whole budgeting concepts like we have a tendency to just spend everything that's there or more? Yeah, it, it, I think that's exactly right. Um, I mean, Americans in general are there's been a lot of studies and statistics statistics that show that we're pretty bad at saving and we're pretty bad at 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 budgeting. Um, but I've, I've had people that will read profit first and then they'll reach out to me and say, well, crap, Sean, now I have to apply that. The same thing applies to my personal finances as, as well. Uh, so you can't, it's very hard to do profit first just for your construction business and not apply that at home because it, it um, as I describe in the book, it's, it's like getting prescription glasses for, uh, for your finances and profit first for contractors is like getting polarized lenses. So you can see, and I use the example because I like to fly fish. Um, I use the example in the book and that's kind of where I really had the epiphany for the book was I was fly fishing and realized that's how you see below the surface of the water and you can see the details uh, and you can see where the fish are. So you have to wear polarized uh, sunglasses. And so when, when you apply profit first, you see every bit of money, whether it's in your business or personal, uh, you see the details uh, of it. And it's like, it's, it, it's really hard to, hard to ignore. And I've had some people saying, you know, kind of like, Oh, thanks, Sean. Now, yeah. I got even more, now I got even more work to do. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's a good thing, you know, and, and profit is a good thing. And maybe you can speak to that a little bit because I think, I think there's a big misconception that, you know, if you're a business and you're taking profits, you're greedy, or we get just a lot of this head trash around that. So uh, maybe you can speak to why profit is so critical, you know, besides maybe the obvious point of that's how you stay in business. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, no, I hear that. I hear that a lot. And it it comes from a really good place. Uh, It comes from contractors in general, both men and women. If you get in the construction industry, and especially if you're running your own business, 
it's because you like to take care of people. You like to fix problems. You like to solve problems and, and you like taking care of people. If you don't like people, don't get into the construction business um, because uh, there's too much babysitting of other people and you're going to, you, you know, you're just going to have to, you're going to have to serve them. The best way that you can serve your clients is by making a profit and a substantial profit. So I'll hear a lot of uh, crafts people say, well, I'm not really in it for the money. I'm in it for the craft. And, I'm, and I just say, oh, gosh, you got to be in it for the money. That sounds really shallow. But what I mean is if you're if you're making a profit, it means that you're being effective. Now, certain you cer certainly could make a profit by cheating people and cutting corners, but you're not going to be in business very long. You're not going to have a very good reputation. And that's that's no way to live your life. But if you're making a profit, a substantial profit, and you're running a good business, then profit is going to afford you to help a lot more people. So I've always said that if you're not in it for the money, the money is a measure for effectiveness. And the more effective you are, the more profits that you're going to have. And so if you have a problem with profits, if you think it's greedy or um, it's uh, somehow bad, I always say it's probably because you've never made any. So it's better to go out and make a bunch of money. And then if you have a problem with that, then give it all away. That's much more effective than never making it in the first place. And when you look at very successful, when you look at very successful people, like I'm talking about the, you know, the Mark Cubans and the, and the Warren Buffetts and, and the Bill Gates, they don't look at money the way most people do. They, once you get to a certain level, you look at money as a measure of effectiveness. If we're not being, if we're not making money, then we're not being effective. It's not about the dollar figure necessarily. It's about the effectiveness and and how you can serve people and change people's lives. So that's why I say, you know, be in it for the money because if you are, the only way you're going to make a profit is if you're if you're serving people and taking care of their needs. And if you're become known for that, or your business or your employees become known for taking care of people, then I mean, that's, that's, to me, that's a great way to live. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think, you know, I like the, the analogy between just, you know, profitability and effectiveness and being, you know, a good measuring stick there. But I think too, just things like stability for the business and all the employees there. Like if you hit a, hit a rough patch, like if you've been profitable and you have some, some savings, you can keep people on and you know, there's just lots of good things that come along with that. Um, but I'm kind of uh, curious to dive into this a little bit in terms of profitability, but also the size of company. Cause I hear this a lot like, Oh, I'm, I'm just getting started. So I'm not going to be making money for a little bit or only if I get to this size, then I can be profitable. Should you be profitable from the start? Or is that the sort of thing where you, you have to get to a certain level first? Yeah. I mean, the, the starting point is, um, it's different. It's different for everybody. I mean, if, if you don't have uh, some years of experience and, and know some, some of the technical aspects of the construction business, then yeah, you're probably not going to be making much money at the start because you're not very valuable. What I mean by that is, is, you know, the, the ability to put work in place and at a certain quality and manage expectations and sell quality, like you're, you're still learning the trade, you're still learning your craft. And that's, that even applies for somebody that maybe doesn't have the tools on, but they want to get into construction and own a construction company and manage subcontractors and project managers. The same thing applies. Yeah. When you start out, um, I always say you got to focus on selling your value, but that's, 
it's hard to sell your value when you're starting out because you don't have much. I mean, because you're still learning what your unique value is. Um, but at a, at a certain point, then um, you, you've got to be able to know in the future, okay, once we accomplish or once we get to this, this level, then we can sell this value. That's where a lot of a lot of contractors, I think, miss it is that they don't have the confidence or they they just don't know how to charge for and sell that that value. And so they start to the only way that they can grow is by doing more work and doing more work um, for the you know, doing more projects that aren't profitable are never going to lead to a sustainable business. And, and that's what we get into the book too. And Mike has said it, that profitability is not an event, it's a habit. So it has to be built into your company in, in every aspect, every day, every week for everything that you do. A lot of contractors will say, okay, if I just get, you know, two more members on the crew, uh, then we can put more work in place. Then I'll be profitable. If I just buy another truck and then we'll be able to service more, then we'll be profitable. If I could just land this type of project with that architect and get on a bigger project, then I'll be profitable. See, that's looking at profit as event, something that will happen in the future. Hey, sure. When you're starting out, um, you the money's not going to be there because the, the value you haven't learned how to, you know, sell the value, but as quickly as you can, you can be aware and saying, okay, I need to get a couple of guys or gals on my crew. I need to get a truck. I need to, you know, I want to, I want to grow my company then start charging for that value now. So it produces the cash that you need in order to get there. So you got to work that profit into everything that you do. And if, and if you're not there yet, you've at least can become aware of here are the things that I need to do so that I can charge and perform services at a certain value that is actually profitable. But Hey, we, a lot of, you know, I started, I started my construction, my first construction company as a side business and it certainly was not profitable. But before I quit my job and told my wife, Hey, I'm going to quit my job. And I know we have two little kids here. Uh, I had figured out a way, like I need to get this type of work priced at this, uh, at this value. And that will produce a profit even at a, you know, as for a small remodeling company that I had. So, yeah. Yeah, I love that. And I feel like, you know, the the fact that you're describing it, profit as a habit, I feel like part of the habit that you talk about is the the money system of kind of setting up these different accounts and, you know, setting aside things for, you know, reserves and taxes and all that. So maybe you can just, you know, briefly describe that. Obviously, it's a little bit easier with a visual, but, you know, kind of walk people through what that habit starts to look like. Yeah. And so I've, I've taught profit first for contractors um, a lot. Um, before I had the book published and, and since then, and, and, and here's an analogy, even though it's not, you know, people that are listening, they, they can understand this. So, so you got to think about your, your cash, the same thing, the same way you do when you go into the bathroom to brush your teeth in the morning. So, and we've all done this, right? We grab, we grab the tooth, the tube of toothpaste and we're getting ready to brush our teeth. We got a full tube of toothpaste. We just squeeze the toothpaste out and go to town and we brush our teeth. And then a couple of, weeks go by or month or, you know, whatever. Again, I got five kids here. So toothpaste and toilet paper disappear, you know, at a ridiculous speed in this house. But, but eventually you're going to walk into that, you're going to walk into the bathroom and that tube of toothpaste is going to seem like it's empty. And then you're going to do half a dozen different things to get the remaining toothpaste out of there. You're going to get very creative and you're going to get very frugal. So a lot of people will take that tube of toothpaste and they will take their toothbrush and they'll 
they'll push all that toothpaste, you know, out to the end, then they'll take their thumbs and that, you know, and everybody knows what I'm describing. You know, I, I used to, I always keep a pocket knife on me. I've been so cheap as before as to cut the, cut the top off and shove the toothpaste down in there. And the result of that is that you can get by brushing your teeth on a lot less toothpaste. But when you have that full tube of toothpaste, we just squeeze it and go. And so that's the same thing that we do with Profit First is we take all of that cash, all of that money that's coming into our business, and most of the time it sits in one bank account. It looks like a full tube of toothpaste. So when we get that deposit, we get that big you know, paycheck, we finish up a project or whatever, and that bank account goes up, then we look at it and think, oh, good, I've got some money. Now I can spend it. And what Profit First forces you to do is it forces you to become innovative and frugal and it splits all of that money up into five different accounts. Well, you can have, you know, you can have more, but we call the five foundational accounts. And so it gets you to act like you do when the toothpaste tube is empty. You get innovative and creative because if you can go throughout the day on one tenth of the amount of toothpaste, and uh, still have fresh breath and, 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 and survive the day, then we can do the same thing with our, with our bank accounts and with our businesses. So in, in, in profit first, we have five foundational accounts. Income, we have profit, we have taxes, we have owner's comp, and then we have what we call OPEX, which stands for operating expenses. And those are kind of in order of importance too. So income, everything goes into the income account. Uh, but the income account is just an account that is uh, kind of what I call a pass-through account. We're going to put money in there and then we're going to distribute it or we're going to allocate it to the other accounts based on certain percentages. And we get into the details of how to determine those percentages. And, and what you're going to do is you're going to fund your profit account. And so you'll take a certain percentage of your income and put it into your profit account. And you're not going to touch that because that's the most important thing in your business is that profit. Then in the United States of America, when you make a profit, you will pay taxes. So a certain portion of that income needs to go into the tax account. So you're going to fund that according to how your business is set up. And uh, there's some accountants out there right now that are hearing this and they're going, no, that's not how you do accounting. I go, no, you're absolutely right. But this is how we're going to manage the cash. We can reconcile the bank accounts and all that kind of stuff later. Um, but this is how we're going to manage our cash. So Profits first, we get that in the account, then we're going to have some taxes. So we're going to fund that account as well. Then the most important employee of every business is the owner. Without the owner, the business doesn't exist. And so that's another thing is we've, a lot of contractors, they're the last ones to get paid if they ever pay themselves. And you have to view yourself as the most important employee. So we're going to fund the owner's comp account. And then once we have all of those uh, accounts funded, then we fund the expense account. And that's where we pay our bills out of. And if we don't have enough money in the expense account uh, to pay our bills and to operate our business, that is not saying that we need to not pay ourselves. We should not pay our taxes or we shouldn't make a profit. That is your business screaming at you to operate your business differently. So we have to create more money. We have to create higher margins. Uh, and so it's usually a combination of, of a couple of things is we need to cut expenses, but then we also need to get more efficient. But a lot of times the easiest way, like I was, we were talking about before about selling that value is just charging more. So it's a combination of both. You can't just always raise your prices. Um, but most contractors, because they don't understand the numbers, aren't charging 
for the value of it anyway. So that's, that's kind of how profit first is set up. That's kind of how it relates to the envelope system. And that's what I, I like using the toothpaste example because we've all done it. And it's kind of <laughs> funny what we do in the bathroom anyway. Yeah. I mean, toothpaste, shampoo, we do the same thing, right? When we run out of shampoo, we fill it up with water. We can get, I can get a week's worth, you know, out of what's ever remaining uh, in the shampoo bottle. I used to, uh, one time we do the same thing with toilet paper, but I'll just leave that up to the imagination. You know, um, no need to go down that road. Yeah. We'll leave that for, for another episode. (laughs) Yeah. When we, when we limit, so the, the, another thing that the book talks about is Parkinson's law and basically what Parkinson's law. Hey there. I hope you're enjoying today's episode. Just a quick reminder that this show is brought to you by builder funnel. We're a digital marketing agency specialized in helping home builders, remodelers, and contractors like yourself, grow their businesses. We help you implement marketing and sales technology, such as marketing automation and a CRM system, as well as drive more traffic, leads, and sales through strategies like content marketing, SEO, social media, paid traffic, and email marketing. If you want to learn more and see if we're a good fit, just send a quick email to hello at builderfunnel.com and mention the podcast. I'll schedule a one-on-one website and digital marketing assessment with you where I'll take a look at your website, show you some areas where you can improve, and we can see if we're a good fit. If you haven't noticed already, our company is huge on education. We host this podcast, create tons of videos, and create helpful blog posts to educate you guys on marketing and sales. I'll pack a ton of value into the website assessment, and I'll never pressure you to buy from us, although we're confident you'll improve your marketing and sales efforts by doing so. Again, send me a quick note to hello at builderfunnel.com, Enjoy the rest of the episode. Says is that uh, our demand increases to meet the supply. So if we have a bunch of something like cash in one account, we'll spend it. But if we can, not artificially, but if we can uh, be disciplined and limit the supply for any given thing, then then the demand will go up just to that to that amount uh, of that supply. And when we run out of things, we get frugal and we get creative. And when we get frugal and creative and we survive, then that needs to become the new way we operate. If we can get by on less, let's do that. And if we can combine being frugal and, and productive and efficient with increasing our margins by increasing the service and selling our value, then you get out of debt really quick. You start making profits and you get your you get your time back because you realize you don't have to do so many jobs. You can work on fewer jobs, fewer projects per year that have a higher margin. So you work less and you make more money. Now I know people are listening out there and saying, this guy's selling snake oil. That's not possible. But if you get the book and you read the book, there are case studies of my clients uh, that have done exactly that. They, they got more efficient. They, they work the numbers. They increase their prices when everybody else in the industry says you can't charge for that. They did it. They got out of debt and it totally transformed their, their businesses. So if you don't believe me, buy the book, read the book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and I love the analogy too with the, the toothpaste uh, one, just because it's very visual and I feel like we can all relate. But the other part of that too, is that we all do it and we're all that frugal with something that costs two bucks. You know, so why wouldn't we be frugal when we've made a sale and we have a lot more income there? And, you know, so um, and you're right. The the part about creativity, you know, you'll try folding it. You know, I'm a folder, so I'll fold a bunch <laughs> of those. You know, <laughs> that seems to work for me. But everyone has their own method that you describe, you know, cutting it off. But 
that's what you start to uncover in that, you know, you go, oh, I've got this much money and it needs to last this amount of time until I get the next sale. So what are we going to do about that? And I think to your earlier point, that's how you start becoming more effective and more valuable too as a company, because it forces you to look at those things that are maybe a little bloated or they're not, uh, you know, an efficient process or whatever that may be. So um, yeah, it's a, it's an awesome analogy there. Um, and maybe let's talk a little bit about, you mentioned this is kind of like a cash management system. And so I want people to just be clear, this isn't, you know, like accrual or cash or, you know, maybe talk about the difference between, you know, the, the books and how you have to manage that with your CPA and everything versus this as a tool to make sure you're getting a profit. Yeah. So what profit first for contractors is just like for profit first is cash management. We are, we are looking at money, money in and money out. That's it. How does the money come in and how's it go out? How it comes in needs to be reconciled on our accounting system, the way that we need to do that for accounting and financial reporting and the way that it goes out. See, we're, we're once the money comes into the business, profit first is just moving it around within the business. Once the money goes out, it needs to be recorded in the proper way for accounting, for the accounting. So one really good example, and I had mentioned this before, a lot of, a lot of, um, a lot of contractors will pay themselves through what's called an owner's draw, which shows up on the balance sheet or it comes out of the equity of the company. That money doesn't show up on the profit and loss statement. I get into the differences about those two uh, financial reports. And so there's a lot of kind of questions around that, but that's where you have to say, okay, it doesn't, I, I should, it doesn't matter how you pay yourself. Um, again, ask your accountant. There's certain legal structures and other things depending on how your how your business is set up. But the way that the owner needs to think about it, whether you're taking an owner's draw or you're you're on actual actual payroll, the amount you pay yourself as the owner of the company, if you do a job or you perform, you know, some job within the company, it needs to be equal to the amount of money that you would have to pay an employee to come and do that job. See, you can own your business. And, and not have to work in it. Like uh, I heard Mike McAllis once say, hey, go into a McDonald's and ask to speak to the owner and see what happens, <laughs> right? The owner's not going to be there because the owner of a McDonald's probably owns several McDonald's and, uh, and he or she's not going to, he's not going to be there, but they've got employees that, that work there. So you got to think about yourself in that same way. So however you pay yourself, you need to check with your CPA and your accountant to make sure that that is reconciled and that's recorded on your books because there are some rules there that you may need to follow. But the way we do that day to day or week to week or month to month is by having a bank account called owner's compensation. And if there's money in there, which there should be, if there's money in there, does it equal the amount of money if you didn't work in your company to hire that person, uh, to go and do all the things you do. And that's a real eye opening for a lot of, for a lot of business owners too. Cause they're like, well, Sean, I wear like 17 hats. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. And you'd have to hire probably two people to do your job. Right. So you should be charging your clients for the value, you know, for the value of that. Now don't make the mistake. The fact that you're wearing 17 hats does not mean that you're doing those jobs very, you know, too, uh, too effectively. <laughs> right. So if you got to hire a project manager, an estimator, a designer and a superintendent, and you're wearing all those hats and you add that up and that's like two hundred thousand dollars. You got to realize your time split split that many ways. 
you're not, if you were to really hire yourself for each one of those uh, and do a proper evaluation, you're not the most efficient project manager because you're also the estimator, the designer, you know, the superintendent. So you got to really take a look at that. But back to your original question of like, how do we, how do we, how do we organize this or how do we account for all of that? That's why it's very important to talk to your CPA and understand like, because a lot of CPAs, they don't like this. A lot of bookkeepers, they don't like it because it goes against everything that they learned in school and all of their experience saying, this is not how you do accounting. And you say, you're absolutely right. This is how we manage the cash. So with five different bank accounts, you just have to show them. A lot of people do this. uh, They'll have a separate payroll account, for example. So if your CPA or your bookkeeper kind of gives you a a hard time and say, well, would it be inappropriate to have a payroll account set up? They say, well, no, I mean, you, you money comes in and we fund the payroll account. Same exact thing. We're just doing it on multiple accounts. And they'll say, well, that's a lot of transactions per month. But if you think about it, if you have five, five accounts and you do these transactions and the book teaches to do them twice a month on the 10th and 25th, there's actually a part of that we call it the 10th and 25th rule. When you do it twice a month and allocate and make these, you're going to pay the bills and all of that kind of stuff um, on, on a normal kind of frequency or whatever. It's really, if you got five accounts and you're transferring this money t- twice a month, it's 10 transactions to reconcile. I mean, I know a lot of contractors that are hitting Starbucks, you know, <laughs> Starbucks uh, up once, once or twice a day. And, and uh, they're, they're recording a lot more transactions than what profit first is going to add to their, add to their business. So. Yeah, uh, yeah that's, that's a good point. But that that's all it is, is is we're measuring money in and 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 money out. And when when money comes in, it does need to be accounted for. And when it goes out, it needs to be accounted for. And so profit first for contractors is just really managing that cash while it's in while it's in the business and giving it a little bit more guidance as to uh, where it's going out. We become very aware. Yeah, and I think it's easy easier too to kind of see where it's allocated. You know, if it's all in one account, it's just like, oh, okay. Well, how much is earmarked for taxes and all these other things? And when it's in in an account, it's super obvious. And I don't know about you, but yeah, I like I like simple. So being able to yeah. see those broken out is is nice. Yeah, uh, and that's why I would encourage people um, that have been struggling with their their finances, and 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 I know I've been there. I, I mean, if you if you read the book, um, it, yeah, there's a lot of stories about my clients in there, but there's a lot of stories about me running my businesses and figuring this stuff out. I don't have an MBA. I I didn't go to business school. Um, I, I just say I was I was too. I was too dumb to give up and I just kept going until I figured it out. And for me, like, for example, when I finally figured out my taxes, um, one year, my accountant said, okay, here's how much you owe in taxes. And it wasn't, it wasn't that much because I had, um, I had a huge tax bill the year before. And so I thought I better start paying some of this. I'm just guessing at the number. So I threw some money at the IRS. Funny thing is whenever you send the IRS a a check, they always cash it. Um, (laughs) So just start sending them money, some, to the IRS, that'll, that'll help on your taxes. Um, but when he said, okay, well, here's how much you owe. And he was kind of scared to tell me in one year, he was like, yeah, it looks like you owe like $8,000. And I was like, oh, that's, that's great. I've got more than that sitting, you know, sitting in a, in an account. Um, I can, I can write that check now. And then I said, well, how much did I pay in total? And then he gave, you know, he gave me the number he gave me for the, the total amount that I paid in taxes for that year. And I just said, okay, if this was my revenue for the whole year and this is how much I ended up paying, I just made that an equation. I just, that simple fraction and said, okay, I'm, 
I'm going to try to do a little bit better next year. I hope we make more money and, and we increase sales and do some other things. So that percentage there, the taxes that I paid divided by the total amount of work that I did gave me a, a percentage or a fraction or a number. And I said, next year, I'm going to try to do better. So I better stick another percentage, you know, in the, in the tax account. And that's what I did. And, and that next year, no problems. I, I even think I got a little bit of money back that year. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, never happens that way. So yeah. that's awesome. Um, well, hey, just a little bit ago, you're kind of talking about owner's comp. And I think a lot of the people listening probably have thoughts about that or questions about that. And I know in the original Profit First, there's kind of some broad recommendations for like percentage owner's comp, percentage profit. You know, do you have kind of some guidelines of what people should be aiming for? Um, to know and I guess measure their effectiveness, kind of like you were talking about earlier. Yeah, when you're when you're starting out and and you're you know you're under five hundred thousand dollars in revenue. This is probably a one or or two person type of company where uh, the owner operator is out in the field and maybe you have uh, maybe you have another uh, technical uh, person or a lead out there. Um, you you can be you know five hundred thousand to seven hundred fifty thousand dollars. Now some some guys and gals out there going, Oh my gosh, there's, you know, I'm at 300,000. Well, that's you're, you're in that startup phase. And I define, I define that too. Um, early on your, the, the, the percentage of money that you pull out to pay yourself is going to be pretty high. It's probably going to be, you know, 25, 30, you know, 30% or more. So if you're a $500,000, uh, $500,000 company and you're pulling out 80 grand to, you know, to pay yourself, you're also probably working 60, 70 hours, you know, a week too. Yeah. Um, so the smaller you are, the percentages get pretty high and we kind of get in, into that in the book, but a good rule of thumb in general, um, once you kind of break out beyond that 500 to $750,000 range is you're going to look at about 10%. So if you're a million dollar, if you're a million dollar company and the owner operator is working in the business and it doesn't matter, they're, they're maybe they're in the field somewhat, but probably at around a million dollars, you're the owner is, is doing a lot more of, you know, they're actually the CEO running the company. Um, then 10% is a good rule of thumb. So, I would expect a owner's comp to be, you know, at around a hundred thousand dollars for a million dollar company. Now you get up into a $10 million company, then the owner's comp may, may drop. Um, but that's cause there's a lot more, there's a lot more cash there, but also then you, you can say that you might have multiple owners at, for a bigger company, or you need to take a look at some other some other things that get a little bit more complicated, you might have some other executives that I would kind of split off in the, in the owner's, owner's comp, because at that point, when you get, when you get to be a little bit bigger, then hopefully you are really truly stepping into that owner's role if you, you know, if you want. And so the, the way to think about like owner's draws is, is, is it's really only for when a company is profitable. See that the owners have access to the profits, the employees don't. So when you pay yourself through owner's draws, and that's how you compensate yourself, it's really not an owner's draw. You're just paying yourself out of out of the equity of that, that's what's that, that's in the business there. Um, but in general, you know, owner's comp, you know, I would shoot for about ten percent. If you can't uh, if you can't hit ten percent, um, then that's what I'm going to focus on is probably selling selling at a higher margin and cutting cutting expenses now. Sometimes I've worked with clients and they're paying themselves 10, 13, 15%. And, um, 
and other parts of their operation are running well, meaning their cost of goods sold is in line with what you'd expect for that size of company. Their expenses are in line, except they're just an overcompensated CEO. And that's a very difficult conversation to say, okay, if you're paying yourself, let's say, for example, $150,000, that's what you're pulling out of the business to, to compensate yourself as the owner, but you're only doing a million dollars worth of work. I would say, I'd say kind of like, okay, if you were going to pay an employee $150,000 to manage and run this business, you would expect them to do more. So <laughs> you're overcompensating yourself. You're, 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 you have an overcompensated employee and that's you, the owner. And uh, those conversations aren't fun. But when I've had those conversations with owners, like you had mentioned before, it, it gets into the personal side of things too. Well, they're like, well, we need this to, to live on or whatever. Then that's great. Then you got to operate a bigger, more profitable business in order to live like this. Um, and I don't ever want to get into, you know, I don't want anybody telling me how to live. Um, <laughs> well, actually I could have taken some advice. I'm, you know, might've stopped at three kids instead of five, but no, I'm kidding. I love my kids. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Well, and Sean, I think we could probably spend, you know, probably half a day talking about all this, but maybe let people know, you know, where can they go pick up a copy of the book and, you know, learn about all this in more detail and kind of get into the nitty gritty of it all. Yeah, they can. So they can go to profitfirstcontractor.com. And on that website there, you can, so my book is available on Amazon and um, it's also a Kindle, ver Kindle version and it's available. The audio version is available on Audible and on iTunes, but you can access all of that by going to uh, profitfirstcontractor.com. You can learn a little bit more about the book. And then also all of the tables and charts um, are, that are in the book, or you can, you can go there, you can download them, you can download them individually, you can get them in a zip file, they're all right there. Or if you want some, some more information, then give me your email address on that Profit First uh, profitfirstcontractor.com and I'll send you uh, some additional resources. I call it the PFC, Profit First Contractors Toolbox. It just gives you uh, some, some lessons and then I'm working on a free video training series that if you're, give me your email address then that'll be coming out in the next, well, depending on when this comes out. I'll give my, it'll, I'll send it to you eventually. Right, uh, yes. There'll be about, yeah, three or four <laughs> video trains just to kind of reinforce the stuff uh, in the book. So profitfirstcontractor.com is the best place. And like I said, if you, if you have the book uh, and if you read it, then I would love, love, love for you to give me a review on iTunes, on Audible, uh, on Amazon, because that really, really helps it in, in the search engine. So Cool. Well, we'll definitely make sure to link that up. So anybody listening, obviously you can just go right to profitfirstcontractor.com or um, we'll have that link in the show notes. And um, Sean, I guess let's, you know, wrap it up with maybe one takeaway. Obviously people can go pick up the book. They've learned a lot from today's episode, but if they were to just take away one thing, if they're kind of struggling with profitability right now, what's one thing they could do to start course correcting and getting back on track? Yeah, I think I, I lead off one of the, the chapters with this and it just says that the definition of insanity is doing the same thing and expecting a different result. So if you're struggling with if you're struggling with profitability in your construction business, dig into chapter one where I talk about the craftsman cycle, break the craftsman cycle. You just do one small thing differently tomorrow and um, and things will things will change for you. 
Cool. That's awesome. Well, Sean, thanks again for, for joining me today. This was good. A little bit of the, the financial side, which sometimes can be boring, but I think it can be really exciting if you start implementing a lot of these things and profitability starts to flow. So yeah, thanks for joining me today. Hey, Spencer, thanks for having me again. And I look forward to doing it again. Sounds good. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed episode 38 with Sean Van Dyke. I know you're on the go. Maybe you're in your truck or you're at the gym right now. And so let's talk action items. I've got three of them for you today. So the first one is remember the toothpaste. So Sean talked about the toothpaste example and getting really creative and you get kind of frugal at the end of the toothpaste uh, bottle. And really what we're talking about there is making sure that you take profit first and then you account for taxes, owner's comp. And when you, you're down to your expenses, that's all you've got left. So you're going to find creative ways to make the business run, make it work, and still make sure you have a profit. So action item number two is set up a tax reserve account, but also more importantly, start setting aside that money. And a quick action item for today is go and look at how much you paid in taxes last year, what your revenue was, do that math, and then estimate that for this year and start setting that aside. I thought that was a really good takeaway, super easy to do. You already have the numbers from last year and that'll set you up for this year. Action item number three is go ahead and set up your accounts. So Sean kind of walked through the five different accounts. Um, Set those up because that allows you to put that money, flow it into those different accounts, and you can visually see what you have set aside for profit and tax reserves, um, owner's comp. And so that will really set you up for success in making sure that you take a profit first this year. Again, I hope you enjoyed this episode number 38 with Sean Van Dyke. Thanks for joining us today on Builder Funnel Radio. Don't forget to visit www.builderfunnel.com for tons of free marketing and sales resources. And if you ever need hands-on help implementing your marketing and sales system, just send a quick note to radio at builderfunnel.com. And as we close for today, remember, never stop learning. See you next time.